Well, good morning, everyone. Hey, so good to have you with us in our second week of our series entitled The Not-So-United States of America. And last week we began this series, so if you weren't with us, I hope that you'll take the time to go back and you watch it maybe on our app or our website or our YouTube channel because the problem that we are addressing in this series, it is so important to solve the issues that we're dealing with. It's just got to be tackled right now. Because here's the thing, no matter where you're at, whether you stand politically or whether you're a Christ follower or not a Christ follower, here's the thing. I think we can all agree that we are a not-so-United States of America right now. And while this can be very dangerous to kind of tackle a subject that is so emotionally driven right now, I just believe that as followers of Jesus Christ, we absolutely have responsibility to address it because here's why. I believe the gospel, the message of Jesus, it absolutely holds the solution. So whenever the issue of culture intersects with the teaching of Jesus, we have the responsibility to address them as followers of Jesus Christ. Now, last week, we began this conversation with a statement that I think we can all agree with. And that statement is this, what's best for people is what's best. And the scripture that we looked at last week from James chapter 1, it shows us that one of the things that's best for people is to, uh, for us to stop trying to make a point and instead we need to start trying to make a difference. See, here's the thing that we learn. People who make a point, they never make a difference. People who want to prove that they are right, they, they never have the influence to change anyone or anything. So the way that you make a difference is what we learned last week. Instead of trying to prove that you're right, as James said, you become very quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to become angry. Literally, here's what you do. You sit across the table and you learn to see life from the other person's point of view. And here's the thing. You bet the better you get at this, the more you begin to understand. And the better you understand, the more good that you can be to influence other people. So here's the thing. Unity, it starts by learning and listening from people who have a different background than you. Now, today, we want to dig a little bit deeper and look at one of the examples of how Jesus addresses this and how Jesus overcomes racial, gender, religious, and cultural tensions. In fact, the Apostle John, who is one of Jesus' closest friends, he recorded this story for us, and here's what he writes. John chapter 4, beginning in verse 3. This is what he said. So he, le he left Judea and went back once more to Galilee. Now, he had to go through Samaria. Now, let me just kind of give you a little bit of context for why this statement says he had to go through Samaria. In fact, here's where Jesus was at. He was in Judea. This is around Jerusalem and Bethlehem, some of the places that maybe you're more familiar with. And he's traveling from Judea all the way up to Galilee. Now, Galilee was his hometown area where Nazareth and Capernaum were. So the shortest distance between these two points, Judea and Galilee, is straight through Samaria. However, that's not the path that most, Jesus, most Jews took. When Jews made this trip, what they would do is they would swing all the way across the Jordan River and come back out here and bypass Samaria. 
And the question is, why would they make this extra long trip to bypass Samaria? Well, here's a little bit of the backstory. In 722 BC, the Assyrian army, they captured Israel's capital city at that time, Samaria. And once they conquered it, they deported some 27,000 Jews into Assyria, and then they imported some Assyrians back into Israel. So over the years, the Jews who remained, they married Assyrians who were brought in and they created this new ethnic group and basically they created a whole new culture. So these people, this new ethnic group, they became to be known as the Samaritans because they were half Jew and they were half Assyrian. And because of that, there was this significant relational tension, religious tension between them and full-blooded Jews. Jews. So here's the thing. They, they wouldn't socialize together. They wouldn't eat together. They refused to worship together. In fact, there is this long history of about 700 years of separation and discrimination between these groups. And yet, here's what we do. We find Jesus with his 12 good Jewish disciples, ignoring the common path of the Jewish people to go around Samaria. And instead, they're just going right through it. You know why? Here's why. Because Jesus knew you can't change what you don't acknowledge. He's not going to just ignore this or dodge this tension in, in these relationships. He had to go through Samaria, not out of necessity, but out of responsibility. Because see, here's the thing, the healing and the hope of Jesus' message, it really is all about unity. And so Jesus, as he's taking them through this, he's going to demonstrate this message of unity to these young men who held these views of discrimination and, and prejudice and segregation. But soon, these young men, he knew they're going to be responsible for this message of love and unity themselves. And so he's saying, I need to illustrate what love really looks like. So here's what John says happens next. So he came to a town in Samaria called Sychar, near the plot of ground Jacob had given to his son Joseph. Jacob's well was there. And Jesus, tired as he was from the journey, sat down by the well. It was about noon. Now, here's what's interesting about this. Jesus stopped at a place that both the Jews and the Samaritans held with high regard. They, they both agreed that Jacob and Joseph was important. So this well was important. It was like the one thing they both felt that, or there was just the one thing that they had in common. Now, a well in the first century was also like the common social gathering space. It was like the modern day coffee shop. But Jesus showed up at a time when nobody would be there. The place was practically closed down at noon. The well was closed down basically because the heat was unbearable. So what happens next? It is absolutely surprising. Notice what happens next. When a Samaritan woman came to draw water. 
Now, let's just pause right there because the first thing is, what's she doing at the well when basically it's closed? Well, there's only really one exclamation or explanation, and that is this. She wasn't welcome when it was open. So she's been shunned by her own people to the point that she basically had to go to the well when nobody else was around. So she's probably shocked when she walks up and she sees a Jewish man sitting there. But here's the thing. That's nothing compared to the shock that she's about to experience when Jesus says these next things to her. Jesus said to her, will you give me a drink? His disciples had gone into town to buy food. Now, the shock that she received, because this request right here, will you give me a drink? This request, it crossed significant racial and gender and cultural barriers. Like, there was no way to describe how taboo this question, this request of Jesus would. This would have been as shocking as seeing blacks and whites using the same restrooms in the South back in the 40s and 50s. It would have been as shocking as seeing blacks and white eating together as sitting at the same table in a restaurant in the South during the 40s and 50s. If you would have saw that back then, it would freeze you in your tracks. See, this type of interaction, it was simply not considered or tolerated in that culture. I mean, there were plenty of barriers in that culture to keep it from happening. But Jesus has intentionally chosen to crash through every barrier. And this woman, she doesn't know how to respond. The Samaritan woman said to him, you are a Jew and I am a Samaritan woman. How can you ask me for a drink? For Jews do not associate with Samaritans. Don't, don't miss what happened here. Jesus has just broken through 700 years of cultural barriers. And it had caught this woman completely by surprise. Now, what happens next, and we're not going to read all of it, but Jesus, what he does is he engages in a lengthy conversation with this woman. They, they talk about their religious differences. They talk about their lifestyle difference. But in the midst of all of this, this woman cannot escape the fact that here is a man has chosen to meet her where she is on her turf, and he cares about her as a human being. Now, before we move on to the story, there is a lesson that I think we all need to understand, and that is this. Christ followers are called to break barriers and build bridges. Don't, don't miss this. As Christ followers, we are called to break barriers and build bridges. This is part of what it means to follow Jesus. In fact, as, as we've watched over the past few weeks, as relational barriers have become so obvious, the reality is we have to ask ourselves this question. What, what's our responsibility as followers of Jesus? And what it can't be is we can't be people who reinforce the barriers. We can't be people who circle up with those only like us and continue to reinforce the barriers between us or maybe those who disagree with us. That, that's not the model that's not the example 
that Jesus set. Our responsibility is to break barriers and to build bridges. It's to step across the divide. It's to reach a hand to the other side. It's to begin to build relationship that other people will not build. And here's the thing, when we refuse to to do that, we are missing the heart of the message of Jesus. We are missing out on what the gospel is calling us to do. Now, just want to come back to this one statement. You know why Jesus had to go through Samaria? You know why he didn't take the route that so many people would normally take? Why would he violate so many cultural norms and break through so many barriers? Why would he risk misunderstanding by his friends and being criticized by other Jews for reaching out to this woman? Well, here's why. Then leaving her water jar, the woman went back to the town and said to the people, come see a man who told me everything I ever did. Could this be the Messiah? They came out of the town and made their way toward him. Many of the Samaritans from the town believed in him because of the woman's testimony. He told me everything I did. So when the Samaritans came to him, they urged him to stay with them. And he stayed two days. And because of his words, don't miss this, many more became believers. They said to the woman, we no longer believe just because of what you said. Now we have heard for ourselves and we know that this man really is the savior of the world. Don't miss this. This is why it is so important for us to break barriers down and build bridges. Here's right. You might want to write it down. Jesus was willing to break through barriers and build bridges because he believed everyone deserved to know who Jesus is. And and what this means is this. It means that every person that we lock eyes with, regardless of race or gender or lifestyle or morality, they, they matter. They matter deeply to their heavenly father. Therefore, everybody, they deserve to know who Jesus is, and they deserve to know that they have a father in heaven who cares for them and even sent his son to die and rise again to pay the penalty for their sin. But I'm going to tell you something. We lose the right to share that whenever we put cultural barriers above Christ. And here's the thing, we can say that God is for people all day long and and we can say that we are for people all day long and, and we can make all kind of public proclamations on our social media, but when we refuse to sit across the table and listen to break barriers and to build bridges, if we aren't building relationships with the people who have different backgrounds from us, our words carry no weight. See, you got to understand something, church. Being for is, and saying that kind of thing, it's, it's not a statement about easing your guilt. No. Being for is about creating and modeling unity in our community so that the gospel, don't miss this, so that the gospel is moving forward and it's changing lives. See, the gospel, you got to understand, the gospel of Jesus is not only about reconciliation between God and man, it's also about bringing reconciliation between mankind. It's about reconciling the human race together. So let's just talk practically for a minute. 
What does this mean for us if we follow the model of Jesus? What does this mean for you and me in a not-so-United States of America? How do we go about breaking barriers and building bridges? Well, there are four steps that we want to invite you to join us in that I, I think will be a great path to getting us started. And the first one is this, it is to listen. And we talked about this last week. Let's stop making a point and let's start making a difference. Let's, let's stop trying to convince everyone how right we are about the issues. Instead, let's sit across the table and have a conversation. And those conversations should not begin with where you disagree. No, you do what Jesus did. You meet people on their turf and you find common ground and you listen and you understand where they're coming from. Now, here's how you can practice listening this week. Some, sometime this next week or two, you, you need to intentionally have a conversation with someone who's on the other side of an issue than you are or who has a different background than you have or invite them to lunch, get, get to know them. Listen to their viewpoint. And, and every time they say something that you disagree with or, or you don't understand, just respond with three words. Three words. And they are, tell me more. Tell me more. Why do you see it that way? How, how did you come to that conclusion? And you will be amazed at what you learn when you listen. Now, there's a second thing. And that is this, to helping you take this next step. And that is this, you first listen and then you befriend. You should be intentional about developing friendships with people who you disagree with spiritually, politically. We should be developing relationships with people who are diverse from us and have different backgrounds than us. We got to be intentionally about developing some friendships outside our normal circle. In fact, let me ask you this. Well, when's the last time you had someone over your house or you, you went out to dinner with someone who had a different background or different culture than you? Have you ever done that? Or how about this? When you scroll through your contacts, do they all look like and believe like you or is there diversity in the process? See, most every one of us, we have some serious work to do here. And as we said last week, it is so easy to vilify a group, but it is hard to vilify someone. So start by building some genuine friendships with people that are different than you. And the third thing we need to do is we need to care for. See, part of loving like Jesus is caring about what matters to people who matter to him. And as we develop friendships and, and get to know people different than us, what love requires us to do is to care about their pain to understand their pain, to care about them and their story, care about them and their experience. Don't, don't just dismiss, dismiss their experiences because you've never experienced that. Show people that while you may not understand, you absolutely care for them. And then the final step to breaking barriers and building bridges is you, you defend. Now, here's what we mean by that. It's not defending a person's position. 
but is defending the dignity and the value and the worth of another human being. See, all of us, we, we move in certain circles and, and we have some influence that other people don't have. It's, it's the student in the school who has the respect of most of his classmates and with a word can stop the bullying. It's, it's the supervisor or boss who can step in and right wrong and stand up for the value of others. See, Jesus took his influence and he said, I have to go through Samaria because I'm going to use my influence for the good of others who others think are no good. And as followers of Jesus, we should do the same. Listen, it is our responsibility as Christ followers to intentionally use whatever fluent influence or position or power that we might have to speak on behalf of those who do not have the same influence or power. Why? See, that's what Jesus has done for us. In fact, it's why he sits at the right hand of the Father, interceding for you and I every day of our lives. See, that's what love requires for us. As Jesus intercedes for us, we need to intercede for other people and defend. So just be honest with yourself. What, what do you need to do this week? Do you need to listen? Do you need to befriend? Do you need to care for? Do you need to defend? What do you need to do? Do you, do you need to take someone to lunch and listen? Do you need to have someone over for dinner? See, some of you, you need to step up and you need to step out to care for someone, to defend someone. Listen, when all these relationship tensions came up to surface a few weeks ago, um, I just want to tell you, it, it hit me as hard um, it hit me like a gut punch in my soul. And here's why. I've begun to develop over these past few years um, a relationship with two young African-American pastors in Jackson County. And one of them I have known for years, even back in the day. I knew a little bit about the guy and watched him grow up as uh, when we were even Bethlehem Mennonite Church. And the other one I've mentored for about five, five years. And um, if he introduced himself to you, if he found out that you knew me and that you had that in common, that you both knew Paul Smith, he would tell you, well, I'm Paul Smith's black son. I mean, that's how close our relationship has become. In fact, if he comes by the office or something, he'll tell the people, hey, tell Paul his black son is here. And I, I love him. I, I just love him deeply. And... Um, as all of this tension exploded, it hit me. It could have been one of these young men. But then as all of this stuff happened and with the kind of relationship I've been developing and starting to have conversations and dig in more, I began to realize I didn't really understand the, the division in our country. I, I, I didn't know what it really looked like from another person's point of view, really didn't know what it looked like. I understood a little bit, but really didn't understand the full picture. So for the past few weeks, I, I've just taken James seriously and, and I began to reach out to people who were a different, different race or ethnic background than me and, and just start a conversation where I just listened and started asking a lot of questions. And I have discovered there's another side to the story that I haven't lived, that I've never known. Um, 
There, there are realities that other people experience that were not even close to true for me and never had a concept about. And I'm going to tell you, every time I've left one of those conversations, I have left challenged because I realize that I was not doing what I should do as a follower of Jesus to break barriers and to build bridges. See, I just want you to understand something. As I'm talking to you in this series, I'm not just talking to you about what you need to do. I'm talking to me too about what I need to do. Uh, I need to do a better job of practicing this. I, I need to listen. I, I need to defend. I, I need to care for. I, I need to make sure that I'm practicing what I'm ter- telling you as well. And I'm working so hard to begin to develop these kind of conversations and, and work through this process of listening, befriend, care for, and defend. See, th- those conversations reminded me of the value of sitting down and seeing life from the view of someone on the other side of the table. In fact, this afternoon at two o'clock, I'm sitting down about four or five African-American guys just to have another conversation and learn. And I'm going to tell you from these past weeks of conversation, I am convinced at the core of my being, if more of us would sit down and listen and begin to understand other people's experience and begin to see that we are together the human race, not a world of many races. We are from one blood, as the scripture says, so we are the human race and start treating each other as the human race. We wouldn't have a not-so-United States of America anymore. Listen, as followers of Jesus, breaking barriers and building bridges It is the heart of the message of Jesus. And I'm telling you, we have to get to that place where we are living that out every day of our lives, where where we are loving people that are diverse uh, diverse and different than us, where we can bring and have unity even though there are some differences. If we really believe what we say, that God is love and we're called to love everyone, I'm telling you, we could change the world. But it only starts when we begin the process of listening, befriending, care for, and defending. Hey, it's my prayer that as as followers of Christ and as a church, um, we'll take and follow the motto of our Lord and our Savior Jesus. And and we will begin to live this week saying, I have to go through. And I don't know what your Samaria is, but to say, I have to go through that. Let me pray for you. Heavenly Father, I pray that, that you just put that burden on all of our lives and in our hearts of saying, I have to go through my Samaria. I, I have to acknowledge, I have to acknowledge what's really going on. And I have to reach across the aisle and I have to sit down at the table and I have to begin to listen and, and befriend and care for and defend. God, help us to live out what you modeled for us with the woman at the well. God, we have so far to go. We're so far away. But I just pray that you help us begin to see every person as part of the human race. God, that, that, that puts us all on a level playing field. That helps us all understand that there's not many races. There's people of a different ethnic group but we're all the human race. We're of one blood. 
God, I, I just pray right now that you will move us forward to expressing this kind of love in our daily lives. God, don't let the burden, don't let the pain, don't let the discomfort, God, don't let it up until we start getting this right. And then may that burden and that pain and that discomfort, may it turn into a celebration of joy as, as we've learned to love like you've learned or you taught us to love. In Jesus' name, we give you thanks. Amen. Hey, thanks so much for joining us. Uh, we'll talk to you next week as we do part three of the Not So United States of America.